Hey guys, welcome to the One and Done podcast, where it's all about young people being successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas, and we're excited to have y'all with us today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 16 of the One and Done podcast. Today we have Mr. Ernest Broomfield with us. He got second place at the National Collegiate Sports Sales Championship uh, this last spring, and he is also a part of the Texas A&M Collegiate Sales Team. So, uh, Ernest, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, man. So, I uh, connected with Ernest on LinkedIn. I saw what he was doing with the uh, Collegiate Sales Competition and uh, thought that was awesome. And I said, hey, I, I want to have this guy on the show because, obviously, sales usually leads to some type of white-collar industry. And I said, I think this guy would be really, really good to have on the show as somebody who is, uh, is a student at Texas A&M. Um, but that is is obviously interested in sales. And so I want to get him in here, talk to him about some of the things he's done uh, through his time at A&M is to separate himself into a, a salesman and then kind of let his career path find him from there in anything sales. So, uh, Ernest, like I said, welcome to the show. Looking forward to this episode. Yeah, likewise. All right, man. So first thing, uh, tell me a little bit about you. Go into a little bit of your background. Uh, how'd you end up at Texas A&M? And then we'll get into the the sales team. Yeah, for sure. So um, actually from the, the big city of Houston, uh, actually was raised and grew up in, in the suburbs of Houston, if you will. And throughout high school, I raised some livestock, got involved in FFA, showed some goats and some cattle. And so uh, I, I quickly became the ag guy. And so A&M was definitely the school for it, right? Agriculture and mechanics, that's what it's for. And so um, I think it was a no-brainer. I wanted to be an Aggie, and I, I wanted to be here in College Station. And so as I got here, uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. In fact, I initially thought I wanted to be an ag teacher. And very quickly, I decided, well, that, that may limit me a little bit too much. And so I went into something a little bit more broad, which is leadership and development and then sales, right? And so sales has opened my eyes to so many things as to what is sales, right? And so Anytime you get in a sales training or a sales class, the first thing they'll tell you is sales is used in quite literally every interaction that you ever have. And once you adopt that understanding and you realize, okay, sales is more than a business transaction, uh, I, I think you really start to set yourself up for a little bit more success. Yeah, I, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just gave more wisdom right there yeah. than most salesmen still have. So I love it. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you joined the sales team and then just kind of some of the things you've been doing with them since you're beginning with them. Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. So um, in the College of Ag, we have a sales program and um, you can actually minor in sales, which isn't uh, very normal across many universities. And so I'm in the Weston Agri-Food Sales Program and I competed in a sales competition. And that was really interesting because I brought a CPR mannequin. I'm a, I'm a lifeguard, by the way, and I'm really proud of that. Um, <laughs> so I, I brought my CPR mannequin and I did my sales presentation with this mannequin and, and it was a lot of fun. And so we kind of continued and went on from there. And so I competed at the collegiate level, right? All the schools from Texas A&M, all the colleges from Texas A&M competed in a sales competition. And it was a virtual competition in November and uh, I, I got first place. And so right then I was like, man, I, I may be good at this. You know, it was a little bit of a high. It was a, a good feeling for sure. And so then I was challenged with, hey, Ernest, join the sales team and uh, come come compete in this sports championship. And I'm like, well, I've never sold anything sports a day in my life. I don't play sports today and this will be an interesting challenge, but let's do it. Why not? And so uh, that's really how I got to that point. I love it. I love it. Um, let's let's go back a little bit then before we get into that. I yeah. want to know a little bit more about you because I think 
probably for some of our listeners here, right? You got hopefully somebody between 18 to 21, they're in college and they're thinking, no way I'm ever getting into sales. Right. I, I'm scared to death of, of talking in front of people. So let's, let's address that stereotype first. You talked, you said earlier, you know, you just not just about addressing the product. It's not just about trying to be the best salesman there is. There's other things that go into it. Were you that person at fir- first? Did you like being in front of people? What kind of led you to the, the sales competition in the first place? Yeah, great question. So uh, I, I've naturally always enjoyed, I guess, being around people and speaking in front of people. But when you go into college and you invest in this four-year degree and you say, okay, when I graduate college, I want to be making a lot more money on this investment that I put into Texas A&M and that I put into myself. Many times we're under the impression that we're going to get a job because we have a degree. You know, I, I didn't let my my degree define me per se. Um, and I, I took the sales approach first and foremost of we're selling ourselves, right? And if you can't effectively sell yourself when you graduate college, it's going to be very difficult to get a job, but much less successfully launch your career. And so that's really where my sales training started. Uh, how do I sell myself? And then quickly, you know, it turned into, okay, we sell ourselves and we sell a product, we sell our business, all that fun stuff. And so, um, you know, selling yourself is first and foremost, the way you'll be successful in sales, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it does. And, and I think, I think maybe that's something that people don't realize is everyone gets scared of selling. And I think it's because of the presenting, but if you realize everybody knows themselves, they know kind of the features, they know their, the links of which they're willing to go to make something happen. And that's why selling yourself kind of takes some of those nerves off of us a little yeah. bit. And I, I love the fact you said that's where it starts is because before you present something, you're a little bit nervous. Yeah, 1000%. Everybody is. But it's about those people who are willing to overcome those nerves to get into that rhythm. And to, like you said, start selling themselves. Because once you do that, all the nerves go away. And then at that point, you're just, you know, rolling through a presentation. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, one of the other things is, you know, it may not be that we're just really intimidated of speaking in front of people or presenting I think the the underlying like fear is hearing the word no. It's being rejected, right? And so when we go and do public speaking, we may be really nervous because we don't know what our fans or what the audience is going to say or how they're going to react. And so it's getting really comfortable with hearing that word no. And you know, I'll give you a little practice that I've gotten in the habit of. I was at Top Golf not too long ago with a buddy of mine, and you know, it's time to check out and pay. And so the guy brings us our ticket, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like. Oh, this is cool. Hey, is there is there any way you can give me some kind of credit or just, you know, comp the, the golf time for today or whatever? And he's like looking at me and he's really confused. And he's like, I'm not sure what you're asking. Let me go get my manager. So his manager comes up and he's like, you know, he's ready for a Karen kind of situation. He's like, what's going on? And I'm like, no, no, everything was great. I'm just curious if you would take some money off my check today. And he's like, because you ask. And I said, yeah. And he's like, I mean, sure, we'll, we'll take a few bucks off your check just because you've asked. I've never had anybody do that. And so, you know, I think that was probably the first time I got the answer yes to one of my my, my crazy situations. But anytime I'm in Taco Bell or McDonald's, hey, can I get a free uh, French fry? Can I have a free taco? Just to prepare myself for that word no. And I'm expecting no more often now. So um, once you get over that fear of no, I think your confidence grows, your ability to present, your ability to sell yourself a business, a product. Um, I think all that stuff naturally will come with. Yeah, I want to also talk about the uh, something that goes along with that, which is the competitive nature, right? So you're you're there mentioning a little bit of the competitive nature, like you got to get used to hearing the word no to those people who are competitive. That just fuels them to go out and get a yes, right? So they're even more okay with hearing no again because at some point someone's going to say yes to them. They're going to tweak it enough. They're going to get a yes in right. sales. How important is that? to if somebody is listening to this and they're saying hey I, I think i might be interested in sales i'm not great at public speaking yet i don't 
I have to develop that. That's something we all have to develop. Um, but I'm very, very competitive. How, how important is that in sales? Yeah, I, I think, you know, many sales organizations will build their teams around this idea of competition, right? And if you've ever seen The Wolf of Wall Street, which I'm sure you have, it's probably my favorite movie, you see how hungry these guys are and how, how competitive they are for that success. I think that's what drives a lot of me, right? Is, you know, when I was younger, we didn't have it all. In fact, I went to work with my mom because she was doing it by herself. I had three older siblings and, you know, times were tough. And so, you know, my entire life, I was like, man, I'm going to bust my butt because I want to give myself everything I can. But I've also seen how important hard work is. And so um, I think for those of you that are competitive, like myself, keep going after those yeses. They're going to be you know, so much more worth it than not asking because you're scared of hearing the word no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you really start thinking about it, what does a no really mean? Right. right. It depends on the situation, sure. I guess, but not a whole lot. Right. Yeah. Because especially in sales. Your job is to usually to drum up some type of new business. Yeah. So if you hear a no, well, you go out and do it again because all your job is to get some yeses, right? And the better the better salesmen obviously get that more often than, yeah. than the worst salesmen. But it's something that you can always develop. That's one of the things I love. Something something that we can hit on here for just a minute because you did mention Texas A&M has a sales program. Yeah. What are some of the things that they taught you in school? Because that is very abnormal. Most of the time in school, you're not taught anything about sales. Right. So when people leave college, they have zero idea about what sales can do for them. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah. talk a little bit about some of the things Texas A&M taught you. And then we'll get into some other things maybe that it's hard to teach in a college setting sure. that you have to get outside of that. 1000%. Well, so I want to say that really I've been exposed to some really incredible programs at Texas A&M. The first program is the Western Niagara food sales program, which is the actual minor uh, that you can get in the college of agriculture. And in that program, I think we really focus on customer relationship management and emotional intelligence. Those are some of the things that are like really foundational in the way we approach sales. And then you get into the other side, which is, you know, the, the Reynolds and Reynolds Sales Leadership Institute at Mays Business School, where they really focused on what is the process of sales? What is, um, you know, what does a cold call look like? What is a presentation in front of a customer look like? And when you combine those very two different approaches, I, I think you, you come out with a, a great opportunity. I would love for you, if you wouldn't mind, just for the people listening to this, because yeah. people listening to this probably are in college, most of them probably at A&M being right here in our yeah. backyard. Break break down those two those two things that you just mentioned and kind of get into some of the things that they talk about in that program. Yeah, for sure. So over in the College of Agriculture, uh, again, that's the minor. So you would have to declare to, to take the classes and, and get the minor and all that fun stuff. But you know, in that class, it's really broken down into what are the what are the segments of a sales career, and in that program, Cody Wright she she really preaches on uh, don't just take a job, successfully launch your career, and um, so so in that program, you know, it's it's the foundations, right? The first thing we do in that class is how do you send a thank you note? How do you tell someone thanks for coming out and visiting with me? Um, and then it gets a little bit deeper. How do we you know leverage our strengths? What are our strengths? If I had to put a word on it, it's maybe a little bit more philosophical. Um, and then over in, in the Reynolds and Reynolds Sales Leadership Institute, uh, that's very process driven, right? It is when I get in the meeting room, did I introduce myself? When I get in the meeting room, did I say, hey, Jackson, we've got an hour scheduled for today. Is that still OK with you? It's following those steps of being really conscious of uh, someone else's time and, and, and how to effectively navigate that conversation. That's awesome. So now let's, now let's get outside of that. Yeah. So that's the things you learn. And I will tell you, that is very abnormal, like I said earlier, to get that in a college setting. Right. Most of the time, like I said, people are getting out of college and they are going into sales 
careers. That's that's the point of this podcast. There's a lot of sales careers out there, white collar businesses, but we're never trained for that uh, really through through schooling in any way. Obviously, you were a little bit. What are some things, though, that they could not teach to you in those classroom type collegiate type settings that you had to get it either through the sales team or through your, your competitions you went through? One thing that they can't teach is grit, right? And we hear that a lot amongst different uh, companies and organizations. We're looking for people with grit. And I don't think that's something you really learn in academia. For for someone who wants it, get out there and, and find the resources, find the knowledge, because it's all there, especially if you're an Aggie. So getting back to you just a little bit. Yeah. So talk to me about some good experiences. Maybe give some examples for everybody listening if, if the sales team may be something for them. Talk a little bit about that a little bit more, and then I want to get into the collegiate sales championship. Yeah, for sure. So so the sales team is made up of members from across the entire campus, right? Whether you're in the College of Engineering, Business, Agriculture, whatever it may Don't be. Don't forget liberal arts. Uh, and the College of Liberal there Arts. There we go. Yes, uh, shameless plug, right? So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's made up of anybody on campus, whether you are in a program, in a club, it doesn't matter, come join the sales team. When I was asked to compete in the, in the sports challenge competition, that's when I joined the sales team. Man, I tell you what, it was like being an athlete when you are on the sales team, minus the scholarships and sponsorships and things like that. And the fame Um, and notoriety. Exactly. The cool clothes. All the fun stuff. Uh, Actually, no, I will say I got a pretty cool jacket, sweater, and shirt from from the sales team. So There you go. There's another plug. Yeah. Shout out to Glenna and and the team over there. But um, So, yeah, and, and what I mean by like training like an athlete is, uh, we had virtual meetings, I think it was every week or every other week that we would have to, to get on. And, and basically how it worked is different people competed at different competitions. And so when we had these virtual meetings and practices, it was, okay, it's game time. You know, we're going to act like it's game time and we're going to run through and we're going to practice like we would play on, on actual game day. And, um, you know, my specific team with, with Georgia and uh, Bryce uh, we practiced a lot outside of our, our competition times or outside of our practice times. And uh, when you know, say when you say practice, get get a little more into that. Tell everybody what what you're talking about specifically. What what is the what is the purpose of it? What's the goal of it? First, it was understanding what is the challenge. Okay, I've never sold sports a day in my life. Bryce is also from the College of Ag. We're good old boys. Georgia has a sports background and, and wanted to go into the industry. So it was figuring out what does it mean to be a salesman for the Atlanta Hawks because that was. That was essentially what our job was in this competition. It was selling the Atlanta Hawks, selling the premium seating to a business, you know, and we would have to identify the solution. So when we practice, it was first the research, right? And any sales call or or presentation that you're going to do, you got to do your research. And so we tried to really understand what is the product that we are selling and it's that premium seating. And then once we kind of dialed in on those features, it was, okay, let's hop on a call. Let's put a presentation together and let's talk about what does it mean to, to be sitting courtside at the Atlanta Hawks State Farm Arena or something like that. And, it, and then from there, it was hours and hours and hours of how do I talk about my product? How do I explain the features? And, and then how do I find the solution, right? A, a lot of our practice is what kind of questions do we ask? And when you get in a sales call or when you get into a presentation, uh, or a discovery call, that's something that you can't really script or you, you can't practice 100% because if you're you're truly curious, those things just kind of happen, right? Those questions just come about. So I think a lot of our practice was how do we ask the right questions? You know, we keep, we're going to keep going off on these rabbit holes because yeah. I'm a salesman too and I love it. But 
when you talk about sales, really what you're talking about is you got to understand your product. So for you guys, it was like, what, what is, what is it that we're selling? Right. But then when you understood that it's okay, what need is this feeling? Right. That's all the sales is, is, is basically being able to, to critically think, find a need and address that with the solution that you have, right. uh, that your customer, you know, has that they have to have. And that's the way you're going to present it to them. And I think, I think sometimes people look at sales in a way as like, I'm having to push something on someone. When in reality, if you're if you're good at sales, really all you're doing is you're just filling needs, and so it's it's a lot easier. The question then comes in. I want you to, to expound on that a little bit more. But the reason I use questions in my business, and the reason we train on questions, is because the customer, if I'm presenting to them, they might be listening, they might not be listening, they might not understand everything I'm saying. Right. If I ask questions, it causes them to then begin to think about what I'm saying. And if I'm trying to fill a need and they don't really understand that they have that need necessarily yet, maybe I didn't present it in such a way that they think, yeah, that is something that I, that I would need. Yeah. Once you start asking those questions, they then start to think and then their wheels start to spin and it leads them to the same solution that you have. And then it's an easy sell at that point. Yeah, 1000%. And I think it's also, you know, it's a matter of respecting someone else's time, right? And respecting your own time. Because if you go into a sales call and you're doing what we call a, a feature dump and you just start talking about all the amazing things that your product does and it doesn't quite fill any kind of need like we just talked about, then you've just wasted your time and if you've, you've wasted a potential buyer's time. And so when we qualify our call or when we do a discovery call, uh, that's where those questions are really, really important. Are you the right fit for this? Because if so, you know, let's move forward. But if not, I get it. Let's move on. And if we are someday, then let's talk about it. But for right now, based on what I'm hearing and, and hearing your goals, like that just doesn't make sense for the product or the service that we're trying to sell. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've had plenty of times in, in doing what we do on the insurance side. You're going to present like perfect. Yeah. But the customer at the end of the day, it just wasn't as, as important to them. Yeah. I've had that same pr presentation where maybe I didn't do as well, but I did use the questions. And I, I started off with questions of what exactly is going to make you move from agent ABC agency to, to my agency. What's right. going to make you move from that agent to me as your agent. And those are the things that you have to address up front, because I think something that maybe we overlook sometimes is the fact that we, we have to understand the, the problem and in insurance is sometimes it's okay. What's well, the policy or the premium or whatever it might be. And yeah. in other sales, like, you know, sports sales, it might be, you know, maybe they're not, not basketball fans or right. whatever it might be, yeah. but you have to understand what it's going to take for them sometimes to say yes. Yeah. And then get them to, well, I'm the, re I, you need to say yes to me then. Right. If you're willing to, if you're willing to say yes for these reasons, let me give you the fact that I'm the solution to all of these reasons. For sure. And, and I, I'll give you an example. So my, my mom just bought a new house. And so sure enough, you know, lots of folks are coming through the neighborhood saying, Hey, can we get you signed up on this, this and that. And so one of the most recent like sales pitches to come, come by was uh, like a water softening company that purifies all the water in your house or something like that. And so my mom had been looking into it because we, our family has like really sensitive skin. And so the hard water is not, not the best for our sensitive skin. And so when the guy's doing the sales pitch, uh, my mom explained to him, Hey, I'm interested in this because of the benefits it, it has on, on like healthy skin or, or, you know, whatever that fancy stuff is. And so, uh, but the entire time the salesman is really capitalizing on the fact that he's going to throw in four year supply of a fancy hand soap for free. And I, I, you know, me being a sales guy, and at this point, you know, we're two hours into the conversation, I'm like, hey, man, like, quite frankly, the soap isn't is not the value for us. Like the soap has no value for us. It's it's the actual product you're selling, which is the water softener. 
And we've, you know, at this point, like we've explained that to him, but he's still selling on the soap. And so I think had he come through one of our sales programs that we have here at AM or maybe even something with like Rollo Insurance, it's like, ask the questions, what do you need this for? It's yeah. not the soap, it's the benefit it has on yeah. like healthy skin. And I think that's too, you know, you, you said earlier, y- y'all built a presentation, kind of leading us back into that. So y'all built a presentation. Yeah. But like you said, you, you that presentation can go multiple different ways. That's why you had to spend all those hours on it because you had to say, okay, well, if they ask these questions, we're going to go this way. If right. they ask these questions, we'll go this way. Yeah. Because that's really what it comes down to is you need to have knowledge of a lot of different directions this can go. And then whichever way it goes, be able to continue your presentation from there, right. but addressing their needs. And so, so with that being said, I want to get back to kind of what y'all were, what y'all were doing. So y'all were putting that together. Yep. Let's move into the the sales championship. Yeah. So, um, so how it worked is it was a completely virtual competition um, where, where folks from sports all around the country were, you know, guest judges and, and they came and watched. And so it was a, it was a three round kind of competition. It was, you know, round one started on this day and then the week later it was round two. And then a week later it was round three. You know, we kind of went week by week and we really did take it day by day. And so as we prepared for the, the, the first round of the competition, it was, you know, we don't know what to expect. Here's everything we've practiced and prepared for. Uh, and we're just going to give it our all. And we did that. And so when they announced like who made it to the second round, uh, we were all really elated. All three of us made it to the second round. And so when we heard that we actually, before we even found out we made it to the second round, we jumped back on a call and we said, we got to start practicing in case we do make it to round two. We made it to round two and, and things really started to get interesting. Um, it was things started getting a little bit more complicated. We had no idea what where the objections were going to come from. It was really a matter of how much can we buy into the product that we're selling at this point? How much do we believe in the product that we're selling? Like Ted Lasso says, believe, right? Um, not sure if you're familiar with the show, but uh, great show on Apple TV+. Plus. Anyhow, um, so so we really started to believe in our product. And, um, and at that point, it was the Atlanta Hawks premium seating. Go back just a little bit. I want you to explain to everybody what the competition was, yeah. who was all in it. I know it was a national collegiate competition. So what I saw on their LinkedIn, there's people from literally everywhere. Yeah. And then let's keep moving forward with y'all's success. Yeah. So uh, it was schools from all around the nation that signed up, uh, students in similar sales programs at their schools, respectively. You know, it was just a, there was a rubric and a scale, like a, a score sheet that kind of went along with our performance. And uh, by the time you get to round three, it was, it was the actual Atlanta Hawks, like sales manager of inside sales, who was your buyer. And so you're selling the expert on a product that you've just started learning, you know, a couple months back. And so, you know, for me personally, like how I was able to train and what kept me really grounded and competitive, I go into things knowing, you know what, we win some, we lose some, right? But I really wanted to win. And I really bought into kind of the culture of what I was selling, right? I thought I was an athlete at this point. And I remember I was going to the gym every day, which was really good for me, and and I've still been trying to keep up with it, but um, I was going to the gym every day, and every week when it was time to compete, that morning I had done done like a really crazy workout. Like I I ran my fastest mile on one of those days. I, I, I maxed out on like bench one of those days. So it was a matter of competing with myself. And I, I tried to make sure that my workouts were before the competition. And so I had already won, right? Like I just maxed out on bench. I've already won. Like I'm winning life. And so I would go into that competition or I would go into that sales call and it was, I've already won. If I hear no, or if I fail right now, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's, that's a great, that's a great philosophy. I love it. And so, so how'd it go? 
Uh, round three. Yeah, round three. Man, it was a blast. So, you know, we get in there, we do our thing. And at this point, the, the competition is stiff. Like, there are just incredible sale there is incredible sales talent around the country and so i think there was top eight is who made it to the third round of i don't even know how top many, eight teams uh top eight individuals uh, okay yeah top eight so teams. so at what point did it transition then from from the team thing to an individual thing yeah so so they were ranking two things throughout the entire competition it was your team ranking and then your individual placing um, so Texas A&M was consistently in first place. Every announcement, Texas A&M as a team, we, we got first place. But I think at the end, it was a little bit about like, okay, me and Georgia, like Georgia, and I just want to say this, for someone who has never done sales, Georgia Orgain is such a talented person and she is just such an incredible person. And she's now working for the Phoenix Suns. Like she's got her dream job in an incredible city with an incredible organization. And she had never been in a sales call prior to the competition. And now she's thriving in Phoenix, you know? And so, you know, if you've never done sales, join the sales team, come get the practice. That was a shout out for Georgia who will be on the show soon. <laughs> yeah, she'll definitely do it. I, I would imagine. So, so, so then, so in the round three, you're doing it individually. You're presenting to the Atlanta Hawks manager of inside sales. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how'd it go? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it went, it went really well. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I play second overall as an individual. Um, so 20 something minutes in this podcast and now everybody understands why I'm interviewing you <laughs> out of, out of how many, how many people were in the competition? I can't remember how many people I might have the numbers on my Instagram. We can make up something like uh, a million, yeah, thousand, hundred thousand, something like that. I think there was like, there was definitely over a hundred people because I think after round one, it was top 40 individuals. Yeah. So over 100 people, probably yeah. over what, something around 50, 50-ish universities yeah. that were yeah, in it? I think so. And so you play second out of all of those. Yeah. See, that. so that's awesome. So obviously you've had a lot of success in something, and you're getting judged by people who literally sell for a living. So right. these people know salesmen, you know, <laughs> their job is to hire salesmen probably, yeah. and you play second in that. And so that's why I want to get you on today. I love, I love that background experience, knowing that sales is something that you want to go into. So you had a lot of success with that. And then from what we talked about earlier today, you know, that led to a lot of cool things this summer. So talk about those for a minute. Yeah, it did. And and so when I, I, I did what really well in, in the competition. And so, of course, naturally that that drew a lot of attention and lots of recruiters were, you know, aware of, of my my performance and, and everybody's performance. Right. Because that's what they were watching for. But for me, I wasn't I wasn't ready to be done learning. And so when I was networking with these teams and these folks were were reaching out to me. You know, I, I, I was so excited about the opportunity, but I, it became a point that it was a little bit overwhelming. It was like being like recruited for a National Basketball Association team. Right. And so uh, I had all these organizations kind of reaching out to me, you know, wanting to know where my head is and, and had I done sales in sports before. And, and quite frankly, the answer is no. But um, but I did get to a point where I, I kind of had to stop responding to opportunities and, and see what was right in front of me. And at that time, it was the Atlanta Hawks for sure. And so I did a sales development academy with them virtually where I really got to dive into what does their sales process look like. And then we went through like really fast rounds of having more people on their sales team come in and judge us and give us live feedback. And so I got to grow through that. And then I went and visited them, right? I, I went out to Atlanta and I, I visited them for a home basketball game. 
were Matt and, and Rachel were incredible hosts. They showed me around the office. They introduced you to everybody's like, Hey, this is like the Trey Young of sales. <laughs> yeah, right. He's to, he's to the Atlanta Hawks. What Trey Young is to the Atlanta Hawks. That would, that would be kind of cool. But, um, no, the, the Atlanta Hawks, their office was actually, most folks still weren't back into the office. I think there was a total of like five people that I saw there. And actually while I was in Atlanta, I met the guy who got second place the previous year in the same oh, competition. Cool. So it was like, uh, you know, was this calculated or, or did it just happen by coincidence? Who knows, but it worked out. That's awesome, man. So, so, you know, that led to a lot of cool things. And so what made sales something as we, as we kind of come to a close, what made sales something that you want to do for your career? So you've had a lot of success with it as you're kind of launching yourself into a career. What are the benefits of sales that make you want to be a salesman? Yeah. What's so attractive about sales, right? Well, I think the first thing is money. Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of why a lot of people get into sales and, I want to make it clear that it's it's perfectly fine to be motivated by money, right? I mean, we go to work for a reason. Exactly, right? So, you know, if you are motivated by money, I think that's perfectly fine. I'm definitely motivated by money. And so, you know, when I see a dollar coming to my bank account, I know I've done something right. So how can I make that happen again and again and again? It's, it's a really great feeling. So sales is, is quite frankly, it has a, a motivation of money. But for me, I've always known that I want to be in front of the customer, Right. I want to provide an exceptional customer experience for whoever I get to interact with. And sales is what will really allow me to do that. But, you know, the other funny thing is I was once told the further away you get from a customer, like in your organization, the easier it is to fire you. And so, um, <laughs> you know, in, in any role in, in sales, I think you can make a decent living and you can really stay there your entire life. And it's also a great launching pad. Right. If you want to continue to grow and, and go up the ladder of corporate America or whatever that may look like. Uh, sales is a great launching pad and it's a foundational skill, right? We talked about that earlier. If you can't sell yourself, you can't sell a product. Um, it's very difficult to be successful in business. Absolutely. So man, as we, as we kind of close up today, um, just give everyone a breakdown of where you're at today, right? Had a lot of success. Everybody wanted to recruit you, uh, where you at right now? Yeah. So I, I really had to take a second and say, Ernest, what are your goals? And, you know, I've got a lot of incredible opportunities to work with many great people and organizations. But for me, I had to take a step back and say, I'm not ready to catapult myself into that, you know, into a career just yet. There's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of chances to make lots of money and do really cool things. Like, you know, I was at the, the game versus the Houston Rockets at the Phoenix Suns arena at the time. Kendall Jenner was there the same night. And so it's like, you can be around celebrities if you want to go after the fame and things like that. But also, keep in mind, like, what is, what is it that you want? And for the sake of my mental health, I've had to say no to a lot of opportunities and, and say, you know what, this isn't right for me. As, as much as it is great for the things that I want, um, deep down, it's not right for me. So for anyone that is trying to launch their career or get a job, I really encourage you to identify what is important for you and don't ever sacrifice your own mental health for the success of another company or another person. You know, I, I love that as, as a way to end because I think that the whole point of this podcast is to help people who are a couple years behind you, a couple years behind me, who are in college, who are trying to figure out what do I want to do. Yeah. Hopefully this episode has, has, you know, it hadn't launched them in any specific career, but it's told them about all the benefits of sales. It told them about ways that you can use your college experiences to get you interviews with great companies. Right. But then at the end of the day, I like it. You, you're supposed to focus on you. I mean, you take a job. It's it's supposed to be a career as long as you're doing it the right way. You can be young and, and launch right into your career. Right. right now, your job, I love the way you des describe that. But 
It's something where you got to figure out what's going to be the best fit for you. If it sells, there's a lot of great opportunities in that. Just figuring out what exactly you want to sell. What's the product you want to sell, right? Because right, yeah. at some point, only selling yourself only goes so far. You want to make sure you believe in what you're selling behind that. Certainly. That, that keeps up that success that you've had. So, Ernest, man, I, I've loved having you on the show today. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. We'll definitely have you back on when we get a sales panel together sometime uh, later on. But uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me.